Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Tuesday, November 28th, 2023, and this is episode 577 of the Watts Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Predators on the Homestead, and I will be headed back to Minnesota on the Homestead to chat about the predators we had and how we dealt with them. But first, let's grab a cup of coffee, see who's hanging out in the live chat, and we will get around to that topic in a little bit. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Chilly one here in Tennessee this morning. How is everybody doing? Thanks for the sunrise pick, Jim. I appreciate that. If you are in the comments, I don't see you in the comments yet. He is up and around posting uh, sunrise picks in the Telegram group this morning. Uh, MSU Rifle, how we doing? And Pip. Checking out that same sunrise down there in Florida. Hunter, good morning. Rewilder Life, how are you doing? And hey, the butcher's here. I think that's two days in a row he was on time. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? There's beasts wrestling in the back of the camper. <laughs> good morning, Jim. Just talking about your uh, sunrise picture there in the Telegram group. Hope everything is good. What is in the cup today? I got that light Colombian. It is, uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Definitely going to be a two day, two day, um, or two French press day. Excuse me. Two today, two day. <laughs> Bad. It's going to be a rough morning, guys. I hope you're doing well. Backwoods Butcher, how are we doing? Blame my children. Blame your children for not getting up or for getting up two days in a row. Because if I have to blame them for you being a responsible adult and getting up two days in a row at, what is it, 7 o'clock where you're at? Jeez. Man, how do you do it every day? How could you possibly do it? All right. All right. What do we got on the list here? <laughs> Bless the beasts and the children. <laughs> ours, uh, ours were quite... Um, well, it's super cold here today. Not super cold. I shouldn't say that. It's not that cold. It's uh, it's 26 degrees outside. It was chilly here in the camper this morning. It was, uh, what did you say, 38, 39, something like that. 38 degrees, 39 degrees in here at quarter to four this morning when Corey got up to uh, restart or stoke the fire. And uh, now it's up. It's up over 50, 52. I'm guessing, um, I was telling Corey this morning that I'm, I'm convinced that this thermometer we have, A, is probably wrong. Um, we've had it um, all over the country. Didn't we get this before we launched, maybe? All over the country, bouncing around. It was like one of those cheap plastic, um, cheap plastic um, thermometers you hang on the wall that just I don't think it's that accurate to begin with and it's bounced all over the country it's uh, fallen off the wall countless times and broke and got put back together and it sits on the outside wall of the camper so I have to imagine it's a little low just by the fact that it's almost in contact with the outside wall and it's just a piece of shit so it's our temperature it's our reference point so I don't know was it nine probably a little warmer than that 
actually in here but man it was it was chilly i'm not gonna lie i saw the dog's breath um this morning when he came in and crawled into bed with me after he got out of bed with Corey because he was still cold and um yeah it's it's all right it's all right the this the bernards are actually loving it walter is probably in heaven because he um uh, he just loves the cold and when it gets warm in here he gets miserable and this temperature he just seems super happy and content and sleeps very well and um yeah if i could keep it this temperature all year round <laughs> i wouldn't have a wife uh definitely wouldn't have a wife that's for sure because i just got the, the the death stare when i said that but anyway i'm glad uh we got to, i got to make it over to um my friend jamie's yesterday Jamie is out by uh, Toolman Tim's Delinquent Scully. He is uh, he's got an off grid homestead out there, and uh, I was talking to him a, f a little a few days ago last week. I don't know, sometime sometime uh, in the past, and he's got a big old pile of very seasoned firewood out at his place, and he converted from his wood stove to a diesel heater. And so he was uh, very kind and said, "Hey, come on over and check out this firewood. See if it's something that you can deal." with um he knows that we have the cubic mini and it's got to be smaller wood like six to six to eight inches i need six to eight inches of wood kyle um <laughs> jesus that's not good uh but uh the stuff that i grabbed last time the deadfall i grabbed last time was just so so um it was wet still. It really was. It, it had been there for quite a long time. And I don't know when I cut it up, it was just like bleeding water. And so I talked to Jamie and Jamie said, come on out, grab what you want. See what, uh, see what you, uh, see what you can do with it. See if it'll work for you. So I swung by his place yesterday, grabbed a, a small load of it, brought it back and, uh, processed it up decided that uh, the 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 sawzall isn't the the best way to do it and uh jumped grabbed the the chainsaw out of the truck and it worked great i i was um i thought that i had tried it and i couldn't get the the pre-split wood the chainsaw just didn't seem to want to work with it that well um, small pieces and dangerous and all of this, but the, the saws all just got to be too much for me. And, um, and I, uh, so I tried out the chainsaw again yesterday. It worked flawlessly. And so that's probably what I'm going to do. I got to get a hold of Jamie again. If you're listening, Jamie, I'll probably be stopping back out this weekend, grab a bunch more of that wood because it's burning. Fantastic. Super dry, super seasoned, super hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so sorry guys a little distracted um we thought the dogs the dog started wrestling about a half an hour before the show we thought that that was plenty of time for them to get their get their energy out but apparently it only got them super wound up for the time that the show started so there's uh there's a bit of a commotion going on in the back of the camper so yeah little distracted anyway Jamie uh that that uh, dry seasoned wood is fantastic it's burning very very well and a lot hotter um it would have been a struggle for sure with the stuff I had and uh, I would have had to break into my emergency reserve uh, fire or uh, gas station 
campfire wood that I have a little bit of stored just in case we needed it. But all good, all good. We have one more cold day. And then on Wednesday, tomorrow, I believe, tomorrow, it's supposed to be 60, 60 and sunny tomorrow. So I can't complain about that. Uh, 23 overnight tonight. So just one more cold night of temperatures. And uh, <laughs> my life is just chaos, guys. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Uh, Corey goes in and and, um, and settles those guys down. She walks out. She barely makes it out of the room. And then there's one flying across the camper, pouncing onto the other one. So, yeah, they are something else. They are something else. I uh, I don't know what I would do without them. I, I can imagine. I can only imagine what I would do without, without them. So, um. <laughs> Uh, K-Bong says having a good cross-bucking bench. X-bucking bench, I guess, is that cross-bucking cross bench is important to cut small chunks of wood in my experience. Yeah, um, I kind of set something similar up with the other chunks of wood that I had. I had some smaller blocks. <laughs> I had some smaller blocks and um, and was able to block up dragging one of the dogs up here with her <laughs> oh my god so we shouldn't let them uh, start wrestling an hour half hour before the show that doesn't get their energy out for them <laughs> these guys these guys um so i had a couple i had a couple of other blocks of wood that from what i had used and it was i was able to lock them in um and just use the just use the very end of the chainsaw, and it didn't fling it across the it didn't fling it across the yard like uh, in previous experiences. So hopefully that works. Hopefully that works. I'll um I think uh, I think cutting it in the big pile that Jamie has might be a solution. I was thinking about that, and um, I don't know. Go over that with him and see what see what we uh, see what we come up with. But that will be possibly this weekend, later this week, sometime. Go get some more of that. Like I said, we got one more cold night, and then we should be should be good at least to only have a warm up fire in the morning because temperatures are up back up into the sixties, and then uh, overnights aren't aren't below freezing, so it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, what else on the coffee chat list here? Three hundred twenty five thousand satoshis on Friday up for grabs. That will be Friday's show uh, at some point, so three or four days, four days from now. I don't even know what day it is. I think it's Tuesday. Uh, on Friday, we're giving that away. If we can get 25 live viewers to register in the drawing, otherwise it will go back in the pot and bump up. Let's see how big we can get it. I don't know. I, uh, I'm i kind of excited to, to let it roll. I, it's not that I don't want the show to grow and that I don't want... Um, I don't want... I don't want the live viewers... But I'm curious, like, where this goes. Like, how big does this get before there's just a pile of people here waiting to win it? I don't know. And what happens the week after when it goes back down to 25,000 from, like, half a million? I don't know. I don't know. We will find out. It will keep going up until we get 25, uh, 25 live entrants on, during the show to give it away. So join us Friday. Join us Friday. Okay, Monk, 32 there right now. It is 20, 
It was 26 when I checked before the show. It was 26 here. And uh, overnight tomorrow night is supposed to be 23. So um, speaking of Jamie, I had it on the list down here earlier. So Jamie's got an off-grid homestead out uh, out by Tim's, like I mentioned. his He's got some uh, social media for it. If you want to check him out on YouTube or TikTok, just search off-grid ping, off-grid P-I-N-G. Uh, give him a follow. Give his videos a like. He's building stuff up there. He's got a pretty cool setup for sure. Uh, just doing meat birds and uh, meat birds and rabbits and layers and uh, solar, all sorts of fun stuff. So check him out for sure. Off Grid Ping on YouTube and um, YouTube and TikTok. So good channel, good channel, good guy, super good guy. Uh, really enjoy hanging out with him, and uh, I'm glad we met him when we were doing the workday out there, and he was able to come and help out because. Really, uh, really, really solid dude. So you should check out his stuff for sure. And um, yeah, today, what do we got coming up today? I got grocery and laundry day on Tuesday this week with the holiday last week and uh, Corey having vacation days and us wanting to spend some time together and then um, not wanting to go do grocery shopping and laundry on Black Friday. Skipped it last week, so we are doing it early this week, or I am doing it early this week, and gonna go today, hang out at the laundromat, and uh, and go get some groceries, and then try to make a big span and get back onto my normal schedule next week. Uh, but I'm also gonna be doing some office time, setting up shows, a little behind on that this week. So if there's anything that you want to hear about on the show, any uh, any main show topics or discussions you would like to have. Uh, here just shoot me a message and uh, drop them in the comments here or telegram email me anywhere on socials you can uh, you can get a hold of me and let me know what you are interested to hear about on the show and it doesn't necessarily have to be this week um i'm kind of plotting everything out for the rest of the year at this point so i uh, i appreciate that i always want to talk about what you guys want to hear about so hunter says 120 bucks is 120 bucks just saying i mean yeah, that's that's that was kind of what I was thinking. Um, it's I know it's I know it's four a.m. on the West Coast when I go live. Uh, I I don't know would I don't know if I would get up for one hundred and twenty dollars in Bitcoin. I mean, if I knew I was going to win it for sure, I would. Uh, for a one in twenty five chance, I don't know. One hundred twenty bucks is one hundred twenty bucks, just like he says, man. That's that's um that's a significant amount of of ching to lay in bed and and uh, type like maybe eight ten characters. I don't know. I don't know. It seems pretty seems pretty uh pretty efficient use of time for me, but I don't know. We will see. We will see what happens. Um, I think that's what I have uh, on the coffee list. Three hundred twenty five k. Uh, heading out to Jamie's, it's cold as shit. Yeah, that's um, that's what I got. K-Bong says, sats are sats. Yes, sats are sats. And uh, last day, today or today or tomorrow, I think K-Bong mentioned when I, uh, when I mentioned the strike, sign up referral $10 credit instead of, I believe it's $5 normally. Um, <laughs> I think that ends on, um, on, November 29th I uh, I want to say it was November 29th that that uh, that special $10 for signing up uh with strike with the referral code 
ends on the 29th. So get in on that. If you need the link, I can dig it up for you and send it to you. It should be in, uh, it should be on my webpage at thelotsproject.com. And <laughs> Jim says $100 is the new 20. And Kyle said that he'd be, that's way more than he'd be gay for. Um, I think four or yeah, 120, 120 is all you need. And, uh, and, a and a way to get to Effingham, New Hampshire. <laughs> Good luck, boys. Good luck. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's get rolling into this topic today. I wanted to talk about predators on the homestead. Talked a little while back about, um, about a dog, a dog situation that I was reading about on Telegram that uh, struck a nerve, I guess, with me. It struck a nerve because there was no one talking about why why something that was so important to the person was not secured. Uh, why that food source that uh, they kept droning on about being so important and um, that they rely on it why it um why it wasn't secured it wasn't a new problem uh admittedly from the person it was over um it was over multiple times of witnessing the dog um witnessing the dog harass the neighbors cattle and other animals I think they even mentioned that the dog had gotten into their birds before. Not quite sure on that. That's not 100%. But anyway, it kind of struck a nerve with me at that point. I was uh, I was very uh, I was confused why there was no why there was no personal responsibility there. And um, cuz dogs are just going to be dogs. And like everybody was was blaming the dog and I I wanted to blame the 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 chicken owner. But it got me thinking a lot about prayers that we dealt with on the farm. We dealt with dogs. We dealt with neighbors' dogs. Uh, and I didn't do very good at it <laughs> to begin with. And then I got it right. And then I got it right. And we didn't um, we didn't have any more losses. I don't know if we necessarily had direct losses from the dog. I don't think the dog actually killed any of our rabbits. I think the the, the terror of the dog might have killed the, the baby rabbits. Um, from what we could tell, but anyway, let's, uh, let's start talking about predators, <coughs> uh, for that K bong says I jumped to cash app, Bitcoin DCA only daily. Um, though for a while you're DCA and daily on cash app. That, uh, sounds good. I had a note here though, from yesterday that I missed. Um, if you're using wallet of Satoshi, and you haven't heard, um, if you signed up for it, if you signed up for Noster and you used uh, Wallet of Satoshi against the advice of using uh, Albi, which was uh, way more convenient and smooth way to go. When when um, I was kind of putting out the, the sign-up stuff, if you <laughs> used Wallet of Satoshi, you need to not anymore. You need to make sure that... Um, that that wallet in your on your phone is a not doing auto updates and b um get your get your sats off it 
and probably delete it and don't use it again if you need to adjust your your Noster zap address or whatever you need to do go ahead and do it but uh wallet of satoshi got hoodwinked by the government of the united states and they're no longer going to be in the play store or the the apple app store so if you need to know more about that, you can reach out to me. You can always go to the the site and sign up for a three minute or free thirty minute uh, consult on cryptocurrency. Uh, getting started, beginner. This, if you didn't know about this and you don't know how to do it, this is definitely something I can help you uh, adjust and make right. But with uh, growing regulations in the in the United States, they said screw you and just pulled the pulled the the app out of the app stores, and so. If you hadn't heard the news, it's been kind of over all over. It's been uh, over all over uh, a lot of social media. So hopefully if you're using it, you uh, you have seen it and uh, taken action. But I had forgotten to mention it. it. I think it released at the end of last week and uh, it slipped my mind yesterday. So I apologize. But anyway, let's get back to Predators. Um, Backwoods says predators are going to be predators. It's up to the producer to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It is what it is. So, <laughs> I don't know what that means, K-Bong. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, let's uh, let me throw out a list of of uh, predators that we had on the homestead up in Minnesota, and then I will kind of circle back and go through them and uh, tell you what we did about them, any uh, interesting uh, interactions we had with them. Uh, but I just laid out a list of the the predators that we really that we really dealt with on a regular basis. But um, like I mentioned off the beginning. Uh, uh, neighbors, dogs, four-legged critters, uh, our neighbors, neighbors, like our direct neighbors, uh, next door that we could see, um, their dogs were always really well, uh, really good around our animals. I don't think they never, I don't think they ever had any, we didn't have any problems with them and their animals, but we had some issues with our backside neighbor that was on the backside of our 35 acres that their dogs would wander and they really liked to get into our barn and check out, um, uh yeah hmm. we'll think about that k -Bunk. if i can get, get a hold of my co-host um but so dogs and just random dogs i didn't realize the the stray dog problem in the country in minnesota and i think it's because it's so hard to survive the winter as a stray um and people just don't dump them if they do they don't really survive if uh for six months of the year when if they just get dumped in the woods but a lot of ton of of stray stray dogs in in minnesota but neighbors definitely with dogs that weren't uh contained also had coyotes just like everywhere fox bear we had black bear um we had a family of we had a mom we had a sow black bear that lived on kind of between our property and the neighbor's property, we had a couple or a hundred acres or 110 acres or something. And it, it lived amongst that. And then the, the surrounding swamp, we saw it quite often. We saw it every year. We knew her, uh, we saw her cubs. If you don't know black bears, when they have cubs, they stay with them for two years. 
the first year and then the whole second year, then they get kicked out, kicked out when mom has new Cubs and that third year. So we watched those Cubs grow up. We were there long enough to see multiple cycles and deal with her with super young Cubs and then the older Cubs. Um, wolves, we had Wolves there. We never really, we had one on trail cam, I believe two times. And then the neighbor uh, shared pictures with us from before we had moved in where there were wolves roaming through and uh, actually one that was collared by the DNR uh, kind of trotted down our uh, our little access road there at one point. So they were definitely around. Uh, but like I said, I never personally ran into them. We had a lot of owls. We had a lot of hawks, a lot of eagles, so aerial predators. Um, towards the end of our, our time there, we, um, we started seeing more like weasel, um, little weasel, um, animals, I guess. Once we moved our, once we put the quail in the garage, uh, and we were in there more often and, uh, it was more contained. So predators that were coming into the garage had less escape routes um, than they than we did in, a, in like our barn. And we didn't secure the garage as much as the rest of the facility because uh, or the rest of the buildings because the, the quail were in pretty, pretty secure cages by themselves. Started seeing the, the little weasels um, move in and uh, didn't I don't know if we ever had any losses from them or not uh, directly. I can't attribute it to them, but uh, definitely uh, killed one or two in the garage when I was doing chores and they would be like hiding out behind the feed bag when I would move the feed bag. And uh, yeah, so definitely know those were present. And then uh, we did have vegetarian predators that would um, that would prey on our garden. And uh, I would call those the, the woodchucks, the rabbits, the, the gophers, the moles, the voles, and all of that fun stuff. So let's, uh, let's head back up to the top of that list. Um, the dogs, like I mentioned, the dogs, we really only had, I would say problems with one or two dogs. We did have um, some folks behind us, way, way, way behind us, um, that had a, uh, a secondary property that they used for hunting property, and they would come there and let their dogs run. And more than once, I saw them on trail cam. I saw them while I was deer hunting. And if I... <laughs> Rachel says deer... I really, my deer, the deer we had really didn't, um, really didn't bother our stuff that much. Um, we had so much for them wild. Um, we had an apple tree in our front yard that had been producing apples for like a hundred years and it would get so full with apples that the branches would almost touch the ground in the fall. And that really kept them away from our apple trees, the apple trees that we that we planted. But yeah, I mean, I'll get deer on the list. I, I mean, that goes that goes along with uh, with those vegetarian predators, too. Uh, but the dogs, I would see the the one neighbor's dogs running when I was hunting. If I hadn't have been archery hunting. And they hadn't been running so fast chasing deer. I, I think it would have been a different scenario, but that wasn't a constant, that wasn't a constant threat on the farm. 
they didn't ever come up into our area, just in the back side where I was, uh, where I was deer hunting. But the one neighbor's dog did frequent our place until, until we had a comfort confrontation with that neighbor. And, um, soon after that, he had it locked up, but we did have, uh, problems with it getting into our barn before we, um, <laughs> before we confronted them, before it got taken care of, before they ended up uh, securing their animal, we had them in our barns. I said we lost some rabbits. Basically, we had rabbits in a cage in a in a three sided shed with an open door. The dog went in and did dog things, smelled the rabbits, um, and tried. I think it tried to get at the kits from underneath. And I don't know if mom killed the kits by stomping on them, if they got scared from the dog nipping at them at the bottom, growling, barking, or whatever was going on. But after the dog, after we'd seen the dog in the barn, we went down and a bunch of kits were dead. All of them? Do you remember if they all died? We didn't have any left. <laughs> mom was still there. Mom was still okay. Uh quickly realized that we either needed to get a door on this building uh, or move the cages or get rid of the dog. So we didn't want to get rid of the dog quite yet. It's not the dog's fault. Like we mentioned earlier, like Kyle said, predators are going to predator and dogs are going to dog. It's just the stupid owners that uh, can't keep control of them. We ended up moving our rabbitry into our barn, closed the door, never had a problem. Our chickens were contained uh, at this point, and we never really free ranged or didn't protect any of our production birds. Uh, our free range birds that we had, um, Hunter says loss of heat and stomping probably. I'm guessing it was probably the stomping of mom freaking the shit out when the dog was in there. And uh, nowhere to go, nowhere to hide them. Um, but our chickens, our free-range chickens were our retired hens. Um, and it's kind of messed up when we think about it after the fact. We would let them lay for a year and a half, two years, uh, especially at the end when we were getting ready to leave and we weren't getting any more chicken, uh, any new chickens, hatching any or anything like that when we wouldn't sell them always tried to sell our older hens and and did pretty decent selling them but eventually we had some left over we would just let them roam in the yard throw them feed a little bit uh let them free range let them pick bugs let them uh just just mill around we did not protect them from predators they they were on their own they didn't have a coop that they went into at night they pretty much slept on a piece of old antique farm equipment that was in our front yard. And uh, one by one, they slowly got picked off by coyotes. So the, the threat was there for sure. The threat was there. And we didn't lose any of the ones that mattered to us. Not that all the animals didn't matter to us, but these ones, they, well, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze there. We weren't collecting eggs. They weren't really doing anything. They were costing us a little feed. Um, but we just let them live their life out there. Um, as far as the... Uh, 
Pip says, if they die, they die. The circle of life. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was. They were going to die anyway. Uh, here's the deal. We could have called them and sold them for um, for chicken fat. We had customers that wanted old laying hen chicken fat. Um, we could have done that. We could have sold them off to to people looking for pest control in their yard or looking to squeeze the last few eggs out of them. We didn't. We uh, we let them go. We let them just kind of hang out. We enjoyed watching them. We had we had success. We had a, a hen lay us 14, 14, 14 chicks. We thought she was a goner. Uh, we let them go free range and we thought she was gone. She is gone for a couple weeks. Hadn't noticed where she was. Hadn't seen her. And we we assumed that a coyote had got her or a hawk or an eagle. And all of a sudden she popped out one day and she had 14 chicks under her. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. K-Bong says old chicken fat for what? She was um, his, Hispanic. Hispanic, Central American, Ecuadorian, somewhere somewhere Central America. She used it for medicine, I believe. Um, they would harvest it. She used it for some uh, some medicine that she would make. But she loved those old fatty hens. She would buy them uh, as many as we could get her. And uh, yeah, not processed or anything. Just like... Uh, cut and culled and and gutted and she didn't want us to take any of the fat like she wanted it all so i can't tell you exactly what uh what she used it for but uh, it was uh it was described to us as medicine so that's uh that's all i got for you uh k-bonk and rewilder life says i love chicken fat yeah it didn't um she cooks with it it's called schmaltz yeah i i have heard of that but um I, this was something different she uh, she wanted it for something different, but I'm guessing she cooked with it also. Uh, the the dogs uh, back to the dogs and the chickens, and the coyotes go in with this too. I mean, obviously they're they're just wild, same thing. Uh, but our laying hens, we secured very well. We um, we. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, Rachel Brown. Thanks for swinging in. <laughs> we had a big coop for them. We had a very, very large coop, actually, uh, with one, two, three, four inside sections, a large brooder set by the end. Uh, when we first got there, it was two sections. Um, inside sections, we had two large inside sections for laying birds. We had a uh, small inside section for brooding and then a grow out uh, large inside section. And everything was chicken wired or secured to where nothing bigger than, than probably a weasel would get in. Um, hard wire cloth, chicken wire, we buried, uh, we buried hard wire um, into the ground. When I installed the outside runs, the first outside run was there when we bought the place. I had to secure the top for aerial predators. But we built the back one from scratch and I buried hardware cloth uh, 24 inches down. So when I set my posts to put up put up all the, the chicken wire and the roof and everything for the outside run, I dug the post holes 36 inches and then I dug a trench 24 inches around the outside. I set my posts, backfilled those in 24 inches and then put the hardware cloth 24. 24 inches down into the ground backfilled that what that does is keep predators from digging under the fence 
Um, not, not as much dogs. I don't think, I think we would have noticed that since we interacted with our animals so much. Um, but the smaller, the smaller animals, the, the raccoons, the, the weasels, things like that. The weasels could have probably gone right through the chicken wire and hardware cloth. Maybe not together. They might not have, eh, probably they were pretty small. They were pretty small. And I think that's why we never lost any, any animals to them is because I never saw a large one. Um, I think these would have been just the ones that, uh, that killed and left. I don't think that they would have consumed anything. So we might've got lucky with them, but, uh, burying that hardware cloth was essential for the digging predators. Um, having a roof on it was another thing that, that we needed to do for our chickens. Uh, the, the previous owner told us when we bought it, uh, I was kind of asking what they raised in all the, the different buildings on the, on the property. And he said that he raised pheasants in the, what, what ended up being our chicken coop. It didn't have a roof. It was just an open, um, open run with, with fencing on, on all three sides on yeah, three sides. The, the coop was on the other side, but no roof. And he said he would let his pheasants out. They would go in and out of the door. He um, was losing them and then realized that there was a hawk that had realized that the pheasants were there. It would come and it would sit on one of the corner posts of the outside run, wait for a pheasant to stick his head out, go back in stick his head out and then he would run out and the hawk would just dive down and grab him. And one by one, he lost all his pheasants. When he told me that that wasn't going to happen with my chickens. And so I ended up putting a roof on that before we put any birds in there. And really, if you think about it, you just need to, you need to be a predator. You need to think like a predator and think, what will I go through to get this animal um when you open the front door and put a pile of money on your living room floor don't be surprised when somebody walks in and takes some or all of it or as much as they feel they can get so think like a predator look at the situation and go all right this would be pretty easy to grab the prize to to get what i'm i'm going after did burying that burying that hardwire was essential for us getting that roof on, doing double layer of, um, of chicken wire and hard wire cloth so that um, raccoons couldn't reach in. Uh, and especially with the brooder and the small birds and being curious, we, we kept a uh, solid wood three, four feet up, three to four feet up. And then everything else was hardwired like windows looking in, but uh, keeping, keeping access to those animals uh, reaching through digging under getting through the top was essential for us <laughs> out in the field with our chickens our pasture raised chickens uh, we didn't lose ever we didn't lose one um <laughs> we don't have we didn't lose one um pastured bird to predator the whole time we were there which was very impressive to me. Uh, we had, like I said, the laundry list of things that could have come and and just really uh, had their way with those birds. We did a dual 
security, uh, dual security measures with our pasture chickens. We had the, 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 um, uh, what is his name? John Siskovich, John Siskovich chicken tractors. Uh, like I said, they, those were very, very secure. He runs his in new England somewhere with just one hot wire, one electrified wire around the bottom of the, of the chicken tractor. I didn't really like that method. Uh, probably could have been because I was new. I was a novice, uh, a novice homesteader, and I didn't didn't feel that that was going to be enough. We ended up buying uh, the portable electric fence from Premier One, and so we would set up a hundred foot uh, portable fence and had our chicken tractor inside it. We didn't let them out to graze. We just moved the tractor to keep them on fresh grass. So they were never exposed to aerial predators. We had um, uh, just a plethora of bald eagles in the area, like a ton. When we came south and people got excited to see bald eagles, I was like, what? I don't understand. I don't understand why you're so excited. I literally watched my wife chase them out of the front yard. Uh, when they were trying to take our free range birds, but so we didn't let our, we didn't let our, our pasture raised birds out of the tractors. They jumped out every now and then, but they didn't have uh, aerial predators. The double layer of electric fence on a solar char charger, really uh, not a double layer of electric, the electric and then the tractor, I think deterred any small predators uh, you got to think about being a coyote running through the field or a raccoon. You hear the birds inside the tractor, you start approaching it and you get zapped and you didn't even get close. Um, I think that deterred a lot. We also, we also kind of gave back to the predators. A lot of our calls and things got tossed, got tossed in the woods, uh, um, birds that died, um, you know, you get a lot of losses with Cornish cross, just random, random deaths in the, in the chicken coop. Those a lot, instead of going into the compost pile, got tossed out on the edges. We made sure they weren't hungry. And a lot of it, I think, um, helped them not want our birds. Um, I read both. I've read both theories. I read the fact that you get them used to eating chicken, and they're going to come and eat your chickens. Um, I felt that if I I had calls and I got them away from where the chickens are, that maybe they didn't really put two and two together. But keeping them satisfied, not uh, not having them starved out, I think might have helped. It might have helped, and we did notice a pattern. Uh, moving on to the bears, we noticed a pattern um, with when we would see them the most. And it was usually late springs uh, when we would have a late spring, a late um, a late melt, or if we had an early spring and then we got a bunch of snow and it killed uh, killed the grass, the berries didn't start coming in, the 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 vegetation that they ate they started pushing in towards us and they would steal our chicken food. Um, I guess if we talk predator loss, that was something they stole hundreds, I would say hundreds of pounds of chicken food from us. Like seriously, the bears would come and steal our Rubbermaid totes full of chicken feed. 
we had them sitting out, not outside, in that three three sided shed that the that the dogs got into with the rabbits. They were in there. They were in Rubbermaid totes. They were sealed, um, and they would just be missing, like gone. The whole tote, lid, tote, food, everything. We would go take a look, and we would find them down in the woods, uh, with bare teeth marks in them. So literally mom was taking and picking up the tote with her mouth and carrying it down into the woods, dumping it over and they were eating it. Um, yeah. What do you do about that? I set up electric fence. I set up electric fence on that doorway. Um, the other thing that the bears got into was our beehives. The first year we had bees had no protection around them. Uh, and as soon as the honey flow started, I mean, shortly after, it wasn't very long after the honey flow started, um, Corey called me at work when the sun came up one morning and said that the beehives are gone. And I said, what? I had two large top bar beehives sitting out in our field. You could see them from the house and they were gone. Well, they weren't gone. They were just where you couldn't see them. They had been totally destroyed, ripped apart um, and devoured by a black bear. I was devastated. I was really, I took so much time and effort to build. I built those top bar hives by hand, uh, milled all the top bars and man, a bear took it out just like that. Uh, we rectified that too with electric fence. If you're dealing with bears, electricity works very, very, very well. Uh, just get enough of it, get a big enough solar charger, get enough, uh, get enough juice going through that. And you can, you can, um, Amp that up. I, I put this in one of the Telegram groups the other day. Take some tinfoil, put it on your hot wire, or before you put it on the hot wire, take and uh, spread some peanut butter on one end of it. Uh, make a long strip, maybe six inches by two inches wide. Spread peanut butter on half, fold it over, and stick it together on uh, on the hot wire, on your top hot wire, and let it hang there. Maybe put three or four along the run, depending on how long it is. Bear gets curious. Deer, it works for deer too. If they're getting into your garden, just to uh, to teach them that this isn't where you want them, they'll come over. They'll sniff said tinfoil, and when tinfoil touches their tongue or their nose, bam, bam. K Bong says Pooh Bear loves honey. Yeah, they uh, they really did like that honey, but they didn't like the um, the electric uh, the electric bees that came after the honey. Uh, and yeah, so that works. That little trip trick with the tin foil works with deer or bear. Another thing to help up your game with the bear is uh, putting down a hardware cloth on the ground around the outside of your electric fence and tying that to your your ground so if you don't know how electric fence works you got hot wires and you have ground wires and when or the ground goes into the ground so when the um when the animal or you two-legged four-legged goes to touch that electric fence they're either conducting the electricity through themselves into the ground through themselves from a hot wire to a, a ground wire, basically the animals completing the circuit. Uh, when it gets really dry, uh, electricity doesn't like to go through the ground very often. That's why you would use um, ground wires inside um, like every other. If you had five wires, you did hot, ground, hot, ground, hot. Um, one way to, to, to solidify your ground 
is to uh, lay hardwire cloth around the outside of the fence and tie the ground um, to the to the hardware cloth. So when the bear comes and stands on the metal hardware cloth and touches the hot wire, that is a direct short to that fence. And uh, it zaps them both through the pads of their feet and through their nose or their tongue, whatever they're touching it with. So just a little added um, screw you. And um, you know, people get upset. You're going to shock the bear. I touched the fence myself. It, it's It's a warning. If they really wanted to get through it, they would more than get through it. It's just a gentle reminder of where they're not supposed to be. Electric works for um, a lot, a lot of predators. Things don't like to get zapped. Things don't like to get electrocuted. So running those uh, <coughs> running those electric fences worked great for us, both with the bees and the chickens. Uh, or the bees and the chickens and the door for our three-sided shed. We put a, uh, a five-mile charger on about uh, know, 40 foot of wire in the front of our, our shed back and forth and um, worked well. It worked well. We didn't have any food stolen after that. Um, I mentioned Corey chasing the, the bald eagles out of the yard. Uh, I don't know if I've told that on here before, but... <laughs> When we were living in the in the camper in the driveway before we took off, we would sit and we'd look at the yard. Corey loved our um, our free range chickens that would just wander in the front yard. They stayed up by the camper. They were her friends, uh, and uh, she would hang out and look at them all day. When the the free ranger that I said that hatched the hatched the chicks, so she had fourteen chicks, and Corey's watching them grow up. She was all excited. She got to um, uh, she got to she got to um, she got to watch them, and she didn't have to go down to the chicken coop. They were all right there. She looked out the big window of the camper, and there they were. And so the birds, as they got bigger, as the chicks started to grow, mom would protect them. We had big, huge lilac trees in our. Um, in our front yard. They were over a hundred years old. They were man, 14, 15 foot tall and big, huge bases. Well, it was, it was like a, a cage in the middle. So anytime aerial predators would come around hawks, owls, uh, eagles, mom would alert, rooster would alert and all the babies would immediately run inside the lilac bush and hide in the middle. We watched uh, eagles come down and tried to to reach in there. They were big enough that they couldn't get through the branches, and there was enough space in there that the the uh, baby chicks and the chickens that were hiding in there were safe. Well, one morning I'm sitting there drinking coffee before I left for work, and um, all of a sudden Corey just tears out of her chair, jumps out of her chair, runs out of the camper, and I'm like, "What is going on?" I look out the camper window and there goes my wife, all five foot two of her, running through the driveway, waving her hands, yelling and screaming. And she was yelling at a bald eagle that was sitting in my yard trying to um, trying to come at the, the chickens. I don't know how many of you have seen a bald eagle within about, you know, 20, 30 feet of you. They're big. 
They are big. I am guessing if you stood that eagle up wingtip to wingtip on its side, it was well taller than Corey. Well taller. They are enormous birds. Corey chased the damn thing. I I was absolutely blown away. I couldn't believe it. I said, are you insane? She's like, I had to protect my chickens. I'm like, did you see the eagle's feet? Did you see his wings? And did you see his beak? Because he doesn't care that you're not a chicken. If you're going to threaten him, I imagine he's going to defend himself. But she chased him away. She protected her chickens. Uh, she was mama hen for sure. Uh, but man, to watch your wife run through the yard chasing off a chicken, uh, it reminded me of her with the bears. That was another way we kept the bears away. We talked to the DNR. We told them our problem with, uh, with our food with our bees that mom and the clubs were around every day. And we asked them what the best solution would be. Would they come and relocate them? Absolutely not. They had too many bear problems. Will they come and shoot them? No, they won't. They won't. Not until they are a nuisance problem and you can prove that they're causing you damage. Can I shoot them? You can, uh, but they would come and take the meat and I'm not just going to kill an animal for them to go throw the meat in the, in the landfill. And they told me that if she's got cubs and I killed her, that basically I killed the babies because they wouldn't know what to do. So basically we were screwed. We couldn't kill them. We couldn't get them relocated. And the DNR's advice was to make a lot of noise, to yell and scream, bang pots and pans together and, uh, and make them, make them uncomfortable. Well, we started, we would yell at them. They would look at us and didn't give a shit. Corey ended up realizing that it was it a cast iron pan or was it no, just a regular fry pan and then the sharpening steel from a knife set, you know, the one that no one uses or tries to use and it doesn't work. She found that if she took that and banged it on the pan as she walked across the yard at them, they didn't like that loud banging noise. So you got bear problems, you got black bear problems grab a pot and pan keep it next to the door and when you see them outside run outside and bang it they'll run away they'll come back but they'll run away for a while that was what we uh that was our solution and the dnr solution to our bear problem and we just kind of lived with them it would be a few months they would be around a eh, month to two months as soon as the foliage came in as soon as the berries started to pop as soon as they had stuff to eat they didn't want to be around us any more than we wanted around them. They were just hungry and mom had babies and predators are going to do what predators are going to do. And mama bears are going to do what mama bears are going to do. They're going to feed their babies. So you just figure it out. You figure out what they want, what they need and how to, how to get around it. Good morning, James gingerbread farms. Thanks for swinging in here towards the end. Um, oh yeah. 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 Um, K-Bong says with or without a sidearm. Okay. So when she would take off after the, after the bears with the pots and pans, she did not have a sidearm. Uh, I, I confronted mama bear with a sidearm. I put uh, 11 rounds over her head and she didn't even flinch. Um, when, um, when we, 
when I realized why she didn't leave her, her cubs were up a tree between me and her. And once the cubs ran down and took off, she didn't want anything to do with me, but, uh, yeah, she stood her ground hard. And, uh, as I put, uh, three rounds of 40 over her hair, 11 rounds of 40 over her head and saved a few for, if I had to, uh, had to put one in her, this was after the DNR told me that I'd be killing the cubs if I killed her. So we were about, um, you know, I was probably 20, 20 feet standing face to face with her. She was on her hind legs and she was much taller than I, and I'm not a small man. Um, and she made me look small. So I'm glad we didn't have to wrestle or anything like that. I don't think I want to be a bear wrestler. Um, yeah. Corey did not use a sidearm with the Eagle or the bears. She was just all about just yelling and screaming and, and throwing pots and pans and banging on things. So um rewilder life says we will be using really hot wires to protect from bears nick ferguson told us to connect it to power yeah um yeah yeah you want as much juice as you can get um gingerbread farm says black bear yes it was black bear rewilder life mama with the cub scares me it's why we are putting the berries at the front of the land and letting them go at the back we have acres of wild berries. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, keeping them happy. Keeping them happy is the is the the best way to interact with them. Corey, uh, Corey reminded me here. I'm going to hit real quick. Uh, one of the tricks that we used to deter the hawks and the owls and the eagles around our um, around our chicken coop. The they weren't really getting the birds. They were getting into the coop, trying to get the birds. They were getting into the building. Excuse me. The three-sided building, even with the electric fence across it, was a big wide opening, and they would fly in there and perch. Um, <laughs> when we um, when we would go down there, you would come around the corner, and a huge, huge owl would come swooping out of the out of the barn. Uh, it was scary as shit. We used. Um, <laughs> Hunter says mama gonna mama uh all five foot two of her yeah uh yeah mama was mama in for sure and I got a good one here um her animals are her babies she doesn't have any kids her animals are definitely her babies but anyway to keep the birds from going in the predator birds from going into our um going into our three-sided building from hanging out around our chicken coops from uh really really being in the area we used all our old CDs. Uh, we strung them up in big lines uh, with string uh, through the hole. You know, you tie them and then put string, make big, long, dangly um, tails of these CDs. And then we hung them in the trees. We hung them on the side of the building. When they would blow in the wind and the light would catch the CDs, it was really unnerving to the, to the predator birds. And they really stayed away after that. It was a very, very good deterrent. So if you got piles of CDs or DVDs that you don't know what to do with, you're trying to, uh, you're just going to throw them away, hang on to them, string them up, help, help protect your, uh, your, your birds from uh, birds of prey, your animals from birds of prey. Uh, gingerbread farm says bears sleep on the roads because they're warm in the UP. I can see that. I can see that. Are they aware? Are they around this time of year or do they hibernate? I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, all right. Well, it looks like, you know, I hit my list here. Uh, lots of electric fence, uh, lots of securing with hardware cloth and chicken wire, uh, over securing for what you think you need. If you think it's good enough, do a little bit more and you'll probably be all right. Uh, the CDs is a great trick. Pots and pans for bears. And, uh, yeah, always have a rifle. Always have a rifle. And if you have to, take care of the predator. But understand they're just doing what they're doing. And it's your job to secure your stuff. It's your your job to secure your stuff. And if you have to kill an animal, you have to kill an animal. It's part of it. But if you can live with them, if you're living in the country, you're living in their home. If you're living out where they are, it's because that's where they live too. Interact with them. You don't shoot your neighbor when he walks on your yard. You talk to him and say, hey, dude, I don't like you. Um, you need to stay away. Maybe I'll shoot you later. <laughs> but yeah, definitely uh, take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Hunter said Courtney just found a nest of baby mouses in her tea bags. <laughs> Those are predators for sure. Electric fence or hardware cloth to keep your um to keep to keep your tea bags safe. Oh no. Oh, all right, guys. Well, we're in an hour. I gotta wrap up here. Um, I haven't uh, I haven't laid out the topic for your uh, the rest of the week yet. I'll probably get done today, so I can't really tell you what we got going on. But definitely going to be giving away that 325,000 Satoshis on Friday if we get enough people in the drawing. So spread the word. I will uh, I will get those up and uh, get a link to share as soon as I can. Otherwise, if you'd like to join in the uh, to participate in the live comments daily, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find links to all my social media services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen to one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. Make it a great Tuesday, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. <laughs>